unapologetic and insightful conversation. From the tip of our tongues and straight to tape. Subscribe to Straight to Tape on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, such as SoundCloud, Google Play, and yes, we are Apple Podcasts on Also, like, follow, and share us on Facebook, IG, Twitter, Straight to Giving you a slice of unapologetic conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Straight to Tape. My name is C. Perry Elise II, the Mr. Fantastic of Podcasting's Fantastic Four. First, the comedian, professional joke slinger, Tico DeGaio. Uh, what's good with you, Tico? Well, you know, people talk it. I live it all day, every day. Keep it 1,000. That's a hundred with an extra zero because that's about how many fucks I'm gonna give today. Ooh, like that today? And and for effect, he immediately took a drag off the black and mild. Oh, you caught that too? You caught that too? <laughs> I caught that too. Caught that was that. smooth. That was smooth. That was smooth. Yes. And uh the first lady of S2T, the quintessential hip hop mom, Keisha with a Y. What's good, Kate? What up, y'all? I'm cute. Smart, I cuss a lot. And she hip hop. Look at that picture in the back. You're not getting my picture, so start talking about it. He already plotting or coming over. Yeah, he's he's already plotting. Yep, the plan is already in place. Let's yep. get our guest in here because he needs to talk to y'all about snitching. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they straight up they they did dry Ooh. snitch on you, really? didn't they, Chico? Really? <laughs> no, it wasn't dry. I straight up. Oh yeah, it wasn't dry at all. It wasn't dry. Yeah, it was really no, moist no. coming out that brother's mouth. Moist. Really wet, wet, wet snitching. No. Wet snitching. No. Yo, wet. yo. We wrote it down. We had it notarized. Exactly. We handed it. We didn't even hand it to her. We walked up to her and just read that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. State's witness t-shirts on. State all, witness. All of them. <laughs> as, as you can tell, their faces are close to the as you can tell their faces are close to the camera because there's McDonald's bags right beside them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thank. No, I'm good, officer. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank. Yo, can I get something else? To- yeah, thank you. Uh, Actually, I, w- I will take a thin piece of uh, McNugget. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Appreciate you, detective. Uh, and <laughs> as always, our social media assassin, number one, Rob Maximus. What's going on, big man? Man, you know, you know how I do. I'm in the building. I am uh, ruggedly handsome. So they say, geekishly intelligent, obviously. <laughs> I am the chosen one. I'm here to bring a balanced perspective and uh, give you something to think about. That's what I do. Thank you. Thank you. The pleasure's all yours. Thank you for joining Straight to Tape. And, interesting. Uh, yeah, that was right, right, right. And of course, the host of Intelligently Ratchet, which you can find on Facebook Live Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies and gentlemen, Bishop Omega. Yo, what's going on? It's a guy on the couch of Straight to Tape. You know what I'm saying? I don't pay rent here. I'm just bumming and using all the hot water. And, and, and eating all the Cheerios, man. And eating all the Cheerios. And, 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 so I'm just about right. 
I'm the guy on the couch. Yep, yeah. that's who I am. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nigga, ladies wake up with them. <laughs> Shut up, Tico. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an action-packed show for you today. As you know, we always love having guests on the show. And today's guest, uh, we have the we have the executive producer, the director, and the subject of uh Miles in the Life, uh, <laughs> the story of a BMF drug trafficker. So we're going to be chopping it up with them, uh, you know, uh, later yep. on. Yep. Uh, hmm. we start. T- yeah, before we get, before, yeah, Tico, of course, what do you have on today? Mm. Hold on. Oh, shit. Let's get the close up. Oh, shit. That's oh, hard. Man. Give me that <laughs> beat, boo. It's a full-time jack move. I oh. thought it was Tito Jackson. <laughs> wow. Love that. Love that, yo. Love that. That's Love that. next shirt. That's my next shirt. I know it was Tito Jackson, yeah, yo. That. It looks that. like Tito. That. Y'all tell me that. that don't look like Tito Jackson. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yo. <laughs> in the base. Yo, I'm yo, over Rob. here. I'm over here. Hey, what, what man? How's this? What? what you important, man? That's all. Bruh, how you, why you going just like just you know what I'm saying call right. out the fact that I'm still in reruns man y'all seen this shirt before man you know what I'm saying how you go why you just I, going I, like I, I, dude you taking it the wrong way bro I was just I was just asking I feel like you're picking on him stop picking not, on Rob you picking on him I'm not you are picking, picking on, on him Rob. He, right. Rob, Rob, Rob had already said like three weeks ago you know what I'm saying he 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 was going to be in reruns for the next four months you, you know what I'm saying he said that well not four months I got priorities I got, I got some stuff in the chamber. And, and plus, and, and plus, and look, look, Omega, do not diss reruns, okay? Do not diss okay. reruns. Come on, we uh, now, now, whenever, no, whenever the uh, James Evanson, I, I mean, sorry, James Evans death episode is on, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a watch and it's a classic, okay? So you know, if he's rocking, so you, a you're, you're, you're equating his T-shirt game to James Evans death. You're picking on him. Stop picking on Rob, yo. It's a saying? classic. You are classic. picking on Damn. 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 The only money they got in that apartment is that picture of Jesus that was passed down from grandma to grandma, that white Jesus. That's the only one. That's all right. I got, I, got, I got some stuff on the way. I believe it. I believe it. Oh, my. Oh, guys. I got something in the mail. I got something in the mail. What'd you get? I got something in the mail. Okay, first, let me tell you what inspired what I got in the mail, okay? Uh, some sucker, yeah, thank you. Some sucker-ass NFL player. What was his name? Kyle Criro, uh, uh actually questioned the beauty and the attractiveness of Ooh. the great Jill Scott. Okay, and you, and you know he was a former cowboy, so that it, it makes all the sense in the world. Right, makes all the sense in the world. That he so, don't find Jill Scott attractive because he's a damn cowboy. Anyway, so on that weekend when it when it dropped, I mean, I got mad and, and I got inspired. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had to find something, 
and I found something. I think the T-shirt like came out like two years ago. Nigga, uh, however, you know I wanted to rock it too. You know. Oh Rise. damn, nigga! All right, this is what I got. You know what, bro? Look at that! Look at that! That is that is that, nice. That's, that's fly. That, that's that that's nice. real. That's some real fly nigga shit right there, bro. Where it is? How does Mrs. Jones feel about that T-shirt? I might bust my man to the white his head. Listen, to the white. listen, listen. What it is is this right here. We what are will you trying to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you this right here, ladies. We will leave you for Jill Scott. That 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 is a prerequisite. Oh, this yeah, is like okay, how long? So so it's like this. If Jill Scott, if Jill Scott came in, just believe, just feel good inside of yourself, Keisha, that you're the man you picked was good enough for Jill Scott. You know what I'm saying? Be like, yo, guess what? The nigga I was fucking, fucking Jill Scott now. Ooh, girl. Ooh, that's <laughs> You know that's what how this... girls, that's how women do. Because women do that shit. Women will do that shit. No, we don't. Would you say what? Oh, <laughs> that's, what no. that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. no, we don't. But however, in my marriage, we did have a pact that if Jill Scott came for Joe or mm. Idris came for me, then the marriage was just over. So. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not standing inside of Idris's way. Like I understand. High five, Idris. And you got this one. You at least, you, at <laughs> least you had the agreement down. Okay, yeah. at least you had the agreement down. So, it's but like do you hand. have the agreement down though? That's my question. That's that man business. Shut up, Bishop. <laughs> uh, Bishop, 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 Bishop. Give me, give me, give me. Thank you. Uh, Have we I, not learned anything from Will and Jada? Have we not learned entanglements? Anything? You would not get that man in any entanglements. <laughs> yo, it's only a, yo, Bishop. It's only entanglement when you. It's only entanglement when you're rich. When you're poor, right? You just, you just naughty. You just cheating. You just, you just naughty. You just naughty. Okay, okay, okay. Yo, let's go ahead and get the show started, and you know, do that talk that we normally talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye. Uh, wow. Ooh yeah, Ooh yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was it was last what it was last Sunday uh, when he had the um, uh, when he had the rally, quote unquote, yeah. in South Carolina. Now, and he's been all over the news, you know, this week. You know, as it relates to his mental health, health uh, mental health, and people, famous people checking in on. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to defer the floor though to the uh, Easy Expert, the Easy uh, Easy Whisperer on our show, of course. Uh, Hip Hop Mom, you've been looking at what's going on this week. What are your thoughts? Okay, so um, I'm concerned. Having seen people go through mental breakdowns before, I'm concerned. Um, Dave went, Dave Chappelle went, and he basically said he's doing okay. But what good friend, when you're having a mental breakdown, is going to come out and be like, God damn, that nigga crazy. Like, ah, he need to get some help. But um, I just read an article about Dame Dash. I mean, Dame Dash today. And- <laughs> Dame went to see Kanye and then he goes in this whole tirade. He does a whole interview about it, right? He goes into this whole tirade about how Ye is not crazy and he's okay. And, you know, Elon Musk is a billionaire. Billionaires don't think he's crazy. I don't think he's crazy. I'm looking at him. Nigga, you're not a billionaire. 
So you just defeated your whole like your whole thing. So, uh, but bottom line is, I'm super concerned about Kanye. Um, it concerned that, and we were just talking about this before the show that people have this and complex. Oh no, no or complex. So you have mm-hmm. to choose between being um, bi- bipolar, schizophrenic, being a musical genius, and being a Trump supporter. Like you have to be one of those. You can't be all three of those at the same time. And this is where we're losing a lot of support for increased, I guess, increased focus on especially black men's mental health. Right. So you, he, I, he, I, he, I is the reason why a lot of people, especially black men don't go seek help when at the beginning of all of this, as opposed to at the bottom of the downward spiral. Um, the lack of empathy that there is, who is getting ice? Um, the lack of <laughs> the lack of empathy that there is is astounding. Like, so what? He just dropped the album three days ago. Have you ever seen a manic person work? Like, have you ever seen it? And a lot of people are speaking from a super uneducated point of view, like bipolarism, manic depressive, schizophrenia, it, it it doesn't always look like, I think people are expecting him to be in a straitjacket or be completely unfunctional. That's not what it looks like. A lot of people with mental disorders, though they have it, have learned to function enough to survive, to continue to pay their bills, to continue to do what they need to do for their families. But it's still a mental illness, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Back yep. Up, up, up. not someone in a fucking straitjacket in a, in one of the padded rooms. It's not. It is everyday people that you work with, everyday people that are walking up and down the street trying to maintain their lives. So I um, it is it is like not so. My comments are not so much about Kanye, but just black men's mental healthness, well, <clears throat> mental health in general. Go get help and fuck with you. Say these are some damn the the dumbest fucking comments I've seen out of all the shit that's going on. Besides, why do I have to wear a mask? Is the 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 disparaging comments about Kanye's mental health because it is clear that he has some issues going on. Yeah, most definitely because I um, you know, being a comedian, you try to find funny and um in pain and um. As far as me cracking jokes on Kanye, uh, I have none for the simple fact that I, too, go through some mental shit, uh, depression, all types of shit. Um, it's hard. It's hard to be a comedian trying to take that, like I say, take that pain and try to move it to something funny or try to move it. I mean, there's days sometimes when I don't feel like doing absolutely nothing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. not the point that, you know, I am, uh, 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 it's just I'm in a depressive spot, you know what right. I mean? And um, sometimes, you know, when people call and they say, yo, man, I'm just checking on you, seeing how you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm good. I mean, that's normal answers to say. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit here and say, yo, dude, I'm in this damn spiral fucking damn us whole, you know what I'm saying? White woman mm-hmm. staring the cup, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm deep down in there you know there but there are signs you know 
of of of, of, of things like uh, you know just not wanting to be around anybody, staying mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, always like cracking jokes and shit. You know what I'm saying to hide however you feeling and, and shit like that. I mean, there's right. signs out here, you know, and and people really need to, you know, you know. Lucky for me, you know what I'm saying. I got a strong support system, and you know what I'm saying. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I I work through it every day, all day, every day. You know what I mean? So you know, it's real out here, and uh, and I think that it comes from, for me personally, uh, it comes from I was raised with a whole bunch of I was raised with women, uh, my grandmother, my aunts, my sister. You know what I'm saying? It was all women. So whenever I had a problem, a guy problem, I had nobody to talk to. So I mm-hmm. kept it to myself. You feel what I'm saying? And so a lot of men, I believe, are like that. You know, we get that, uh, ain't nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Scrape your suck knee. Up, suck get it up. up. Suck get it up. Yeah, right. suck it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Tie your bootstraps up. Put some dirt on it. Keep it moving. And we, and we get it like that. And, Rick, you know, like- and we got to realize when it comes to a Robert man. Tuffin. Exactly. You got to realize that, you know, that, 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 that not only just being black and going to work and having the, you know what I'm saying, cut the jig just to, you know what I'm saying, go through the day and then to come home, you know what I'm saying? And to have to deal with all the other shit that's going on in your house, man. I mean, dude, I mean, for real, get some help. Yeah. It's real out here. Get you a strong support system. Get you some people that'll come and check up on you all the time. You know what I mean? It's real, man. Kanye, I, think, I hope you get your help. Man. I hope you get help, bro. And I think Kanye walks into the, you know, and I've, I've heard someone say this, that Kanye and Mike Tyson kind of have the same issue, right? <clears throat> Where, you know, they can be medicated, but Mike Tyson on medication isn't the Mike Tyson we want to see in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. And Kanye, he said it himself. He said the medication uh, kind of stifles his creativity. So yeah, no, we, yeah it, uh, so I understand that. So what it is is this right here. So when you when you have someone like that, the handlers of the people need to be able to be like, nah, Kanye, you know, if you're going to be in album mode and you don't want to take your medicine, then give me your phone, Kanye. You just, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go ahead and do other things. Let's go a more, if this, if the, the medicine, if the medicine that you have to take to, to, to balance you out, then we need to find other ways of balancing you out naturally. You know, we need to go a holistic way while you're in album mode. You know what I'm saying? To keep you at least functioning. Because, yeah, I mean, when you, when you see this dude, like, it's like this. One thing about Kanye West, we when I looked at when I look at Kanye West speak, I can tell that man is a part of intelligence that I will probably never get to. You, the dude is super duper intelligent. Mm-hmm. Now, now how he pushed that intelligence out there when he's off his meds is. But if you bring, if we could, if we could say, okay, Kanye, let's get on your meds and let, and let's let's go through that idea again. Then I think we would be more, we be more like, oh, accepting of what he, what he's saying, right? So I think that yes, if if Kanye, I would rather see not get another album from Kanye and to see that man live a, a good life and a healthy and a healthy mental state than us like fuck a damn sneaker, you know what I'm saying, or anything else. So it was like, you know, what I mean, I think that yeah, he he just needs to be. His people around him need to need to be stronger, you know, especially like because you're not going to I'm not going to be Kanye West's friend and be like, 
nah, be that this this president shit ain't a good idea. Be no stop. Yeah, because like, yeah, you yeah. you should be able to see it. You should be able yeah. to see that. Yeah, he's not dealing. He's not he's not dealing with the. You know what I mean? It's a he wants to do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's coming from a good place in his heart, but it's just that when it when it comes through the brain filter, you know what I'm saying? When he's going through what he's going through. And again, I'm not a mental health expert. So, but I mean, if we're talking about that, if it's going through that mental health spectrum, then it's not it's not being received. Then yeah, of course, you know what I'm saying? People are gonna take it bad because what they don't understand is that Kanye is not a healthy is not a healthy person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not healthy. So so they're 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 joking on Kanye as he was mentally sound. And he just out there, you know what I mean? And Dave Chappelle's not best. healthy, but yeah. healthy, he's not normal. And right. I, I get what you're saying about take his phone or whatever, but so fucking what he he made all those tweets. So what? Like we it, it's just we and this is the case for a lot of things, right? We just want to be comfortable. Like we as consumers just want to be comfortable when people are how they are and they're going to say what they're going to say and they're going to do what they're going to do. And if you, in this internet age, you have the absolute choice whether to engage or not engage. But for some reason, like I saw a fucking Karen video today, right? This guy, he owns a tree. He worked for a tree, like the tree stumping, tree cutting down business. This white lady and her husband came down the street and were like, he had a permit. It is the middle of the daytime. He had, <coughs> excuse me. He had a permit. It's the middle of the daytime, and they come down the street. He has all the equipment, and it was a huge like oak tree, right? In a, in a lot that they were clearing to build a house. There wasn't a house there. They mm-hmm. were building a house. They came down the street harassing him because they felt like they controlled what normal should be or what should be going on on their street with their knowledge. It's that privilege. It's privilege, and everybody mm-hmm. has that privilege. But as as far as interacting in today's world with information on every fucking platform, you don't have to engage. So we don't have to. There is no normal, right? People are coming all kind of ways. Like I've heard you say before, as far as community policing is concerned, like if police are in communities, they know it's the beginning of the month. And JJ is just probably ran out of his meds and he's waiting to re up or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, he knows that about that person. We know Kanye is a like, I think he's a musical genius. Those type of people that think to that level normally aren't normal. Vincent Van Gogh, fucking Mozart, um, George Clinton. Like, I could go on a list of crazy crazy ass people who are at the height of whatever artistic medium genre that they're in we know that but for some reason we want these people to act normal just to make us comfortable about their interactions with other people and it's just dumb yeah when we don't when we can choose especially when we can choose to turn it off or choose to unfollow or are we're in complete control of the media that we consume on a daily basis. Like, it, that's just exactly. dumb. It's, it's, no, that, it's, it's, that same, it's that same type of thing of uh, uh, records. Almost like records. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like you said, you sit out here and and, 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 and we, we, like we like you listen to Jay-Z. We like Jay-Z's first 
two albums. That's the fire. That's what we like. And then when he gets older and he starts kicking other shit, motherfuckers don't like, they don't like it because they're so used to the old Jay-Z. Like everybody wants the old Kanye. They want that mm-hmm. old school dropout Kanye. He's grown up. He's grown. Right. He's not going to talk that shit anymore. He's not going to talk that same type of shit. And mm-hmm. for the simple fact of whatever he's going through, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, you know, I, to me, I think he's challenging. I mean, he challenged, what's the word I'm looking for? He's using music. <laughs> he's using music to, uh, you know, to keep some kind of sense of sanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you said, you know, we all try to put people in, 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 a, in a pocket to better fit ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. And, and, you know, and, 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 and it's like that, whether whether it's music, whether it's it's anybody, we, we, we tend to do that. You know, we tend to think, well, that person, we met this person at this point in their life. So they should always be that type of person without them having to grow up. It's like going to go see fucking M.O.P. You know what I'm saying? I love M.O.P., you know, and <laughs> up, all that shit. But now these motherfuckers are about 50 years old. They come out with a new album talking about sticking up motherfuckers. I don't get it because that's not. Yeah. Me. That's not why like like and we're evolving and we know we're evolving, but somehow we want those people to remain the same. My favorite artists have evolved with me. They have grown up with me and and they were talking about shit back in the day, but now we're grown. We all have families. Like that's the kind of just like conversations with your friends. Like conversations with your friends 25 years ago, Rob down in the basement, fucking conspiracy theory is completely different. 25 years later when we all have are married or have been married and we all have kids and we have careers and different shit going on in our lives like that shit's like I, it, it seems like common sense to me but obviously it's not I think what it is what, what, wow. we, what, we, what we forget to do I'm sorry Perry what we forget to do is realize that these people like when we talk about artists you know what I mean music artists we gotta put them in the same bubble that we put our actors in because we don't mind 57-year-old Tom Cruise jumping across buildings. You know what I'm saying? So we shouldn't mind 57-year-old MOP robbing niggas because it's entertainment. Like, sometimes I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear upliftment music. I want to hear glass bottles. I sell crack cocaine. I need to hear that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to listen to PM Dawn at the gym. You know what I'm saying? I, want, I, need, I, need, I need mini men. You know what I'm saying? So, but... At, at the end of the day, it's like, well, we got to do, we got to, we got to allow room for that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You may want, and, and again, we also got to, we don't also have to allow our entertainers to explore other things because no, we don't want to see Will Smith chasing aliens every summer. It's cool to see Will Smith being in pursuit of happiness. It's like this. So they, they have to have that where it's entertainment guys. So mm-hmm. what we have to do, and I think what it is. We think they're so close to the real person. The music is close to the real person. And a lot of times it's not. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's not. You know, it's not. It's like, no, this is what I was thinking about at this point in time. And maybe it got you through what, what it got you through. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm also a person in my own standings. And I should be able to grow. And I should be able to regress if I want to. I should mm-hmm. be able to put back on a pimp outfit if I want to and sell little drugs. You know, know what I'm saying? I, I don't know I think, about that, friend. I don't know about no, that. Because, I mean, we allow our actors to do it. We we will allow Will, you know what I'm saying? It's like this. We will allow Will Smith to play a drug dealer in his next movie after Pursuit of Happiness. He could go out here and sell all the crack and all the drugs in this movie that he wants to, and we're fine with it. So it's like this. What it is is that we have to get we have to get entertainment of what you want. If you want the old Kanye, guess what you guess what you can do? You can go ahead and download College Dropout, and there you go. Instantly, the old Kanye. 
drug dealer just <laughs> if I said, Yeah, I would. I would. I would. Uh, what? Thanks, bro. Why? Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. No, nah, you're welcome, <laughs> sir. You're welcome. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to listen to fifty-year-old MOP talking about robbing niggas either. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, something about that kind of bothers me. But, um, but then, then again, hip hop is the only form of music where ageism is a thing, right? <laughs> but you know, it's 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 several different ways to look at it. I just th- think we need to be careful with Kanye, man, because it's hella dismissive to just look at him and be like, oh, you know, he, I, right, you know, what I'm saying he's still, you know, doing this thing. He got an album coming out and all that type of shit. And it's just it's it's dismissive because you know we, we don't know what that man is going through. Uh none of us really know because we're not inside inside his head, you know what I'm saying? So right. um I just think we have to be careful with it, man. Um and you know, allow him the space to to get help, you know, if he needs it. And mm-hmm. you know, just allow that man some grace. That's all, man. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, but there it is. He need to fire his barber though. I can tell you that much. His barber, you know, what I mean, he need to fire that dude. Like, yo, I'm gonna be honest with you though. Uh, a lot of cats need to fire their bar- barber, but that's an entirely different show. For real, for real. Yo, let's yo 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 let's yo let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. Okay, so uh, earlier this week, uh, you know, from the uh, Trump administration, uh, you've. Well, and the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, now you have a surge of uh, federal law enforcement in, uh, you know, in cities. Uh, Started mm-hmm. with Portland, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the Portland riots. You know that are in as of yesterday. I believe they're in their 59th day. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you know, just remember. Of course, these aren't military. However, you know, they are an amalgamation of. Um, you know of uh, eight, you know of uh, tobacco and firearms uh, of uh, you know of the federal police basically pretty much pretty much uh, you know and so they've gone into you know they of course they're getting involved in what's going on in in Portland all right they have uh, uh, they're getting involved in what's going on in Chicago okay what are your thoughts about this happening uh, federal agents on the street what happened to small government in, Mm, okay. Trump mm. said it. Trump said it. Yeah. Trump said it. Trump said. I mean, what? I mean, why are they there? I'm asking you. I'm asking. I'm asking the question. Why are they there? I don't know. I'm asking you all. What? Why? Why are they there? Oh, for. I mean, uh, I, mean well, I don't know. For wasn't it something oh, no. uh, dealing with the uh, uh, protecting uh, uh, the destruction of? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, a yeah. federal building, the statues, and all that type Important. of you know nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, but by well, all accounts, these are peaceful protests. protests. Right. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no destruction of property going on. There's no violence going on. There are people just getting basically snatched up by <laughs> um, these, these federal cops. Focus. Didn't Trump say that though? He said, he right. said but, but but it was oh, it was oh. it, but it was towards the, the violence of Chicago. He was like, yo, if y'all don't curb this violence, I'm gonna send, you know what I'm saying? As, as it relates to Chicago, he I mean, as it relates to Chicago, he's been saying that from the beginning. Okay. Right. As it relates to Portland, okay, Portland. Uh you're seeing the same situation where 
it's during the day you're having a p you know you're having a peaceful ride okay during you know during the right. night it is it is you know it is something else and right. when you have both of those situations they can get skewed they can get mixed and stuff can get hijacked especially as it relates to who runs the narrative okay it's Whoa. funny because it's funny because um the um actually the head of the NAACP in uh in Portland I had some comments about this this past Thursday all right mm-hmm. and uh you know some of the things that he was saying was uh you know he actually criticized uh the presence of uh select white entities uh that are involved you know in the riots and uh changing changing the narrative mm-hmm. interesting you know? yeah i mean you know uh, you know as he you know and, 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 you know as he put it now now you know there are groups there you know uh you know that have joined into the main mar- narrative you know you have the walls of moms you just had the walls of veterans uh you had the walls of dads there okay mm-hmm. uh but just like at the in the early stages of the protest right okay you have the you know you have the peaceful po- protest and you have the have the hijackers okay mm-hmm. that's uh, as much as i hate to say it that's natural in this you know in this age in this age of protest uh, right. do i you know do i think them on the ground is helping no it, 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 it's not okay and don yeah i agree with you it is all for show okay it, it is seriously all, all for show didn't they tear gas the mayor like he was out that, there with yep. it, and you know it's like this like you know what i mean he the mayor's in the middle of the protest now and, and what we have to do is this right here we do have to be careful with our words because rioting and protesting are two different totally different things yeah yeah you know yep. what i'm saying so you know what i mean now, if the people are, are rioting and all that stuff, I go back to this. I go back to the, the video that I saw. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe downtown Atlanta when it was just uh, uh, some random bricks just dropped off. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's like this because what they want people to do, they want to incite it. They want to they want to incite rioting. You know, what I mean? they want it. They, they dropped the bricks off because like the, the guy was like, yo, he was like, I walk past here every day. These bricks wasn't here earlier today. It wasn't until people started protesting that all of a sudden this big bunch of great bricks just was in the middle of the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people were smart enough not to go and grab those those bricks and everything like that. Because what it is, is if you put enough ne- negativity on top of whatever you're, tr- you're trying to protest, then it turns, then you take the mind's eye off the message that these people are trying to go through. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's like this. And again, there are, like you said, I've seen pictures of people snatching people up, like the one pitch, uh, the one video when the old boy was just just chipping away at the sidewalk. And someone had to, they grabbed him up and took him over to the police. Like, we're not asking you to do these things. We're trying to remain, uh, we're, we're trying to remain calm and we're trying to, well, not even calm. We're trying to get our message across. Like, this is the message. What you out here doing is ridiculous shit. We need y'all to stop. And again, that's what they're trying to do because if none of that, like, say this right here, if, if no riots ever happened during a protest, let's just take that out, then they would have no room to start putting these, these doing these these shenanigans with the, the federal officers and all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's what it is and, you know what i mean and it's like and you cannot you cannot mix the two up a protest and a riot are two different things now people are are they rioting after the protest absolutely <laughs> absolutely i'm not are gonna... some people rioting during right. the protest, protest? yes absolutely. they are absolutely but guess what you but that has nothing to do with the protest that's people that's opportunists that's like someone coming to your cookout and shooting up the cookout you know what i'm saying like what what are you doing you know what i mean you know what i'm saying it's it's like you know it's or, or somebody coming to the party and, and bringing drugs you know what i mean you didn't have drugs in your house someone brought the drugs so they could do drugs there that doesn't make it a drug party they happen to bring drugs to your party and that's the same thing if you can understand the way that works it's the same thing with the protests and the riot yeah well, no, I mean, no doubt, no doubt. Um, my, uh, I guess my only thing, my only concern with this is, I, I have a problem when you, you know, in, in the case of Portland, you know, you go where you weren't asked to be there. Okay, right. You have to work. You have to work with local government. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one of the bigger differences in Chicago right now. Okay. You know, right now, after the pushback, after the pushback from, uh, you know, from Mayor Lightfoot. Okay. Uh, you know, now, <laughs> yeah. Now she's working. You know, now, it, you know, it's a working relationship for now. Okay. Yeah. A very tedious working relationship, but it's still a working relationship, you know, nevertheless. Mm -hmm. You know, um my whole thing is we need to keep an eye on it uh because it kind of go it goes against a couple of things i'm sorry okay uh it you know it, it goes against those that you know love to preach states rights i'm sorry it does all right mm -hmm. how can you have states rights uh when uh the feds who Let's just be honest. The enemy to states' rights are the feds. Always have been. That's who's looked at. That's one of the boogeymen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But everybody, everybody again, everybody wants small government. Yeah. They want small government. This is this this shit is huge government with big swinging balls. Yeah. yeah. Don't I, take I yeah. It's the same people to say yo. I will. I don't take my guns because <laughs> I can get guns in my state. Don't take my guns. But okay, when it's protesting Black Lives Matter or whatever, when we trying to when we trying to protest police brutality, bring the feds in. That shit don't work. It don't go both ways. You can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't have it one way. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, that's I don't get it. It's like people pick and choose. They they pick and choose what they what they want to hear. Yep. It's like how you know do, what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. How do how do you how do you do both? How do you do both? How do how yep. do you do both? You know what I'm saying? And again, it's like this. Again, we you know what I'm saying? And, and if you look at it. And to, to answer a question, like with the protest, if it's if it's a hundred people outside protesting, right? And 80 80 percent of the people that are protesting are peaceful, and then you take 20 people and they start throwing eggs and stuff at passing cars. Are you blaming who are you blaming? That's not the protest. That is the the the, the rioters, those are the people that are opportunists. There are opportunists within there. And then if you if you think about this, if you if you know anything about warfare, it's like this. What are you going to do if you're uh, a, a white nationalist, racist person? What do you do? Oh, it, we can wear masks. Okay, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a, a, a smart thing to do to uh, 
to to sabotage the protesting with some subterfuge or something. You know what I'm saying? Let me set a police car on fire. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let us go set the police up. So that way they blame they blame the guys that are protesting. You know what I'm saying? It's not that hard. I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? And, you know what I mean? I just got a double GED. It's not that hard to 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 think this stuff up. You know what I'm saying? And, and thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I went back thrice. You know what I'm saying? But, but I mean, it's like this. It's not that far. That's not a far reach. If I'm a class person and you know what I'm saying, well, is that not something that you would do if you if this is the if you don't want this to go on, this message to go forward, yeah, let's send some people in to fuck some shit up. It's documented as having happened before. Like it's not a far reach at all. Mm-hmm. It's happened. You know, it's like what I said before, man. It's practice. It's, it, you know, it's practice. It, you know, you you. I think they're testing out shit. I, mm-hmm. I think they're just testing out stuff. You know, for you know when shit really get down to get down to it. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was an issue about you know military coming in and you know becoming a military like you know what I'm saying state because you know running into people's houses because they're Americans saying shit done to other Americans so therefore I heard that uh, they ship these out have wars whatever these people that are coming in are uh what do you call it when you have like students from another country that come in and study Ex- uh, exchange students? Yeah, exchange students. Like they're, they're, you know, for real, for real. I'm for real, for real. They have exchange police officers that come over here and learn policing, and and you know I think that we need to find out who are these people, who who are these federal police officers? Are they real Americans or are they you know what I'm saying? No, no, they are. because 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 you know you 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 know what I'm saying because Tom Tom because, Hanks because, is still missing. Yeah, I see this. Yeah, because, because you, you got to because you know you got to understand, man. Because when it, oh, it, it's wow. different when you have Americans going into other people's house because you have that 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 moral compass in your head. This is not right because these are my people what if they run up into my house what if they run up into my people so therefore they have other uh people from other countries come in and they learn you know they learn this stuff this riding stuff and how to do this and how to and all this i just think i think it's a training exercise i think that they're learning hey what we can and what we can't do up in this city you know in these cities i mean that's that that's a fucking metropolitan dude fucking chicago is huge and mm-hmm. seattle you know what I'm saying? Portland, that's just weird in itself. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, hey, look. Tico, uh, Tico, I understand that, okay? But, you know, but it's just hard for me to, you know, you know, to believe, you know, training exercise for, you know, for other countries, especially when you have five different entities that are making up, you know, these agents. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you have ATF, okay, you know, when you have when you have homeland, you know, you have homeland security, when you have border patrol, we got the, enough and here, the other, and the other two, yeah, and the other two that this redemption is not not letting me remember, but still, you know what I mean, redemption. Uh, oh, Tico, <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks was on the Today Show on Friday, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. It, was it was his clone. Was he live? Was he live on the show? Yeah. It was. It, it, was, it, was, his it was his clone. It was clone. It was clone. But but I want to say this right here. This 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 proves. This proves. I'm gonna tell you this right here. This proves. This proves the, to the fact that the way of things and how people are reacting to it is that America is ill prepared 
to deal with America's bullshit. And this is this is at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? It's like this because America has believed, has lied. So you know how you tell a lie and then you start believing it? That's what's going on in America. It's like this. We're not willing to believe America itself is not willing, is not willing to take, you know what I'm saying, the 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 blame for the shit that is that is doing that is done to people and is doing to people. And then we got we got leadership that's in there. That's that that has brought into the the fucking American agenda in the dream to say, yeah, no, we're perfect. You should don't be mad at us. No, it's like this. If if you take it and say it's an American problem, guess what? You take you take your skin out the game. You have to look mm-hmm. at the laws. Like what I'm, what I'm saying is this right here. And, and kind of like when I said the last show, we just can't be like, hey, white people did this. No, because not all white people did this. But America did. All of America has has put laws and signed laws in place that we could go back right now. That's on the books that they're showing you that that, that they did um, that they do wrong to people of color. So it's like this. There's laws in the place of that. So what we need to do is, as if you want to fix this issue, stop trying to take the blame for yourself. I'm like, I right, we see where it's effed up at. You didn't sign those laws. You know, in 2000, 2012, you probably didn't sign a law that that has police coming out here and, and over-policing black neighborhoods. You didn't. But you know what you can do? You have the ability to fix it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. It's, a, it's like a narcissistic guys, view. Yo, like, yo, let's... We go. We can go. We can go. We can go. Go ahead, bro. No, go, no, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Baby, go ahead, go ahead Say your shit, Key. Your it's point, like a narcissistic view. Have you, have you guys ever known a narcissist? So I could come in a room and (laughs) I could come in a room and be like, oh, my God, my fucking foot fell off today. Like Mm -hmm. my foot, my whole foot. So I've had, you know, I had to work. So I had to hobble around the whole day with, you know, my stump wrapped up. And a narcissist would be like, oh, my God, girl, that almost happened to me one time. Like not not about my foot, my foot that actually fell off. But mm-hmm. the fact that the, the, a narcissist will turn it around and make everything be about them, no yeah. matter what the situation is. And that's where we are. Like reparations, making up for what has been done to African-Americans or black people or whatever you want to identify as is in this country is not about white people and white guilt. Like, <laughs> I don't want you to feel fucking guilty. I want you to acknowledge that there are from 350 years ago to now laws in place that prevented me and my ancestors from getting our just due. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Crazy thing about That's- it, Key. Crazy thing about it, Key. It's on movies all the time. Mm-hmm. It's on movies all the time, but nobody, nobody in the government be like, you know what? You're right. But anyway. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's, it's made it's, up shit, right? It's made up shit. It's not. It's not just movies. It's documented history, well, and you know, and, I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Tico. What I'm saying is, you know, we, you know, we try to give people the benefit of the doubt for having some semblance of intelligence, but these same people, um, hell, they insult their own intelligence by being so deliberately obtuse and not acknowledging, to your point, Keisha, um, that the stuff has existed and it exists so it's like holocaust you know, it's like holocaust deniers it's like 
Right. My, my right. whole thing. So my I, whole I've thing. I've never is, heard of one of those though. Like I, you, there may be some, yeah, but no, it's clearly not as no, prevalent. I, I, I believe it. I believe because I could, I could go out here and there's probably an anti fucking straight to tape group somewhere on the internet. Like there is. There's a there's an anti for every. <laughs> and, and, and for those anti-straight tape groups, there, there's thank definitely you. Thank that. you for that love. We thank there's, you for that love. There's anyway, definitely that. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> moving on. on. Moving on. There's an anti to every. Oh, there's an anti hilarious. to every tie, right? That that, I did that. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, the there's an anti to. Listen to what I'm saying, though. There's an anti <laughs> to every tie, but uh, that anti-Holocaust. Those people, they're not front and center on everything that we Jewish people see on a daily basis. They're not mm-hmm. anti-reparations. People that don't acknowledge that the shit that happened to black people and we're still <laughs> here and we ain't fucking going nowhere happened is every fucking day in everything in the fucking food that we eat, the labels on the food that we eat to the shit that we see on TV to every every fucking facet of our life every facet of our life <laughs> who's in who's in government what they look like i turn on the tv for for disney just had a black princess what 7 years ago but she was a frog majority of the movie. She was a frog majority of the movie. Uh, but, uh, I'm not talking well, about it's the story. Like, she was a black no, no, frog. No, no, no. Don't let, let her be a black, black frog. frog. So, so listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Every facet of our life since we have been on this continent has been anti-black. Like what we have and what we offer is not good enough. Motherfuckers didn't start calling us lazy until we started stopped working for free. And even after we stopped working for free, it was still under the confines of sharecropping and the the penal system, the newly created penal system. I'm not going to give y'all a history lesson, but please understand that... Documented history. Exactly. It is documented history. So I'm not asking white people to feel guilty. I'm asking you to understand and learn and ingest the history so that we can we can move forward. That's it. Or or, or they're black ventriloquist dummies. Yes. <laughs> you, know else, you know what else was anti? That motherfucking damn yeah. battle from the verse battle. That was fucking anti. Ooh, good. It was fucking. Oh, great new. transition. You talking about great you talking transition. you talking about hardcore lyrics going against a smooth. Uh, hey, yo, the battle was crazy yo i you know when i heard about it i was just like this is going to be crazy because you know you got hard against smooth you feel what i'm saying it was two different spectrums man i didn't know what the hell was going to go on but i would tell you one thing that was one of the best battles i have seen you know what man let me let me let me me say this right quick let me say this man i thought i was done after Jill Scott and Erica Badu. That was the best thing that I had ever seen in my life. I didn't know how they was going to top it. I didn't either. But if this battle didn't, it came damn close yep. to top yep. it. Yeah. Right. You know what true. I'm saying? Yep. True, true. And you know, true. And, and, and what was the what was the um one that we were watching? Um uh Beanie Man versus uh what's my man's name? 
that we were watching at, at your house, uh, Key, me, you, and Tico. Beanie Man and. Was it Bounty Killer? Bounty Killer. It was Bounty Killer. Now, the production on that one, like, I like different ones for different reasons. Right. I, I, I actually love the Jada and Fab one just because Jada was wilding the fuck out and Fab was so, like, the, the hot versus the cool aspect. But this battle right here right. was, like, all around. Production was great. Like, selection was great sequencing was great and sequencing is so important and i think that um timberland and swiss are just getting to the point somehow that they know that they need to have these discussions prior and they need to sequence the sequence the music and i can only imagine being in a room a fly on a wall in a room when they're trying to like sequence these songs to make yeah. you know to the build up and the bow 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 oh oh shit oh shit yeah, yeah, yeah. to elicit that reaction so yeah that this one was really really good for not just because of dmx and snoop in his uh spider-man pajamas they didn't have spider-man <laughs> and they might have well. i swear his his it's zipped up in the back his whole outfit zipped up in the back it was just yeah <laughs> it did it did but um it, not just because of them and their presence they were formidable opponents, definitely. Um, but the production and the way things flowed and they were on almost on time and everything just went like it should have. There were no huge mm-hmm. technical difficulties. No one got super fucking drunk. I, um, I was surprised to see DMX drinking, but hey, you know, whatever. But uh, no, yeah, know, it, was, it was it was it was good. And key, remember, remember, this is this was the first battle under the new agreement that they signed with Apple Music. Yep, yep. Mm. No, 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 no. Is it? Yeah, because yep, the, yep, the yep, last. What was the last one? Oh, it is. No. It was on uh, Apple Music too, though. The last uh, battle no, was on the, Apple Music. But the deal had not been signed. Nah, gotcha, okay. gotcha, gotcha. This okay. was okay. the first right. official one under the deal. Okay, so for the benefit for the benefit of those that are just joining us, what is the significance of the Apple uh, deal? It's uh, a bunch well, of money. Get money. Pretty much. Get money much, pretty much. I, I still uh, can't you know, find Apple, it on Apple Music. Yeah. Apple gets the Apple now gets the ex- exclusives uh, for the uh, you know for the replay streams. Okay, it's still going to be streamed on um you know it's still going to be streamed on Instagram. So they're not abandoning the uh, Instagram uh, platform. Okay, you know. However, yeah, it's about a little bit of money now. You know. Oh yeah. I'm gonna tell you one. I'm gonna tell you one thing though. When they first came on, I swore that that was a backdrop. I did not know that that was Swiss's studio. That shit looks like a spaceship. It, it does. Fucking crazy. I, it looked like a fucking backdrop. I was like, damn. I said, I said, I said, that's, I said, where the fuck they on? Said, the, 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 you know, Starship or Enterprise? They on the Enterprise. They on the Enterprise. And then when I saw him sit down and sit back, I was like, oh shit, that's the fucking studio. That shit is fucking crazy. Yeah, they're hit, they're they're definitely hitting their stride as far as yeah. production value and everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's taken it's taken pretty much all summer. But I mean, you pretty know, much, I mean, te- yeah. technical difficulties Trial happen, but they're they're definitely hitting their stride. But go ahead, go ahead, Bishop. What were you about to say, man? Now I was going to say that you know what I'm saying I want to I want to tell everybody right now. You know what I'm saying? If you thought that Snoop uh, won that shit, then you're probably a crip. That's all. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I understand your gang affiliations. You know what I mean? And I want to say you don't want to mess with the dog father. 
But I also want to I want to apologize to DMX and Snoop and Swiss Beats and Timbaland because I was like, man, what is this gimmick? The dog versus a dog, man, it's going to be whack. And I was pleasantly, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. on the Challenge of the Ratchet, what we did because it came on Wednesday, what we did was we, we did the play by play. We played by played it as it was playing. We live streamed them as we were on and we 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 did a play by play on it. And damn it, if DMX did not come out and um bust Snoop ass. You think so? I think so. Listen, so. I have a personal opinion. Even with, even, even with the freestyle then. Well, you see, we're not giving up for the freestyle. Now when we talk about the freestyle, then Snoop, you know what I mean? Un- okay. Snoop killed the freestyle 100 percent You gotta mm-hmm. respect if you put Snoop in a, in a in a beat that's got his in his pocket. He got in the pocket of that beat, man. It was just like, oh my god, Which that is, is oh, gay trouble man soundtrack. Oh man, he was just like he was, <laughs> he just got in his pocket. I was like, man, this dude can rap for days. Like, but DMX rap- has never been a freestyler, so that was just them feeling each other, uh, yeah, yeah. camaraderie, start bubbling. We're like, yo, nigga, this, uh, let's go ahead would, and let's just freestyle you, out. Nah, if they would have put a, if they put a, if they would have put a grittier beat on for for DMX, like. DMX need crack music. You know what I mean? He needs some music, some gritty <laughs> with a gun. He need that MOP. If they would have put on MOP Annie up, the DMX would have would have set fucking verses on fire. Hey, look, 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 my thing, my thing was seeing them play hype man for each other. That was yeah. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. was beautiful. Okay. That you know, that gives me what I, you know, what we've, you know the the standard that's been set with the verses okay it's not just about a battle it is a celebration and mm-hmm. uh for you know for the uh you know the for the rapper that you're in the for the mc that you're in the verses with for them to know the lyrics for an entire damn song of one of your songs oh my god it was crazy. multiple songs though it was yeah, crazy it was like this. they knew like exactly. the whole time yeah it was like yo they real fans of each other yo when dmx started dancing I was done. I was done. I was like, yo, I was like, I can, I, yeah, I was like, yo, I can die now. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Snoop jumped up and started like, yo, that's my shit. And started being, yo, can I back you up on these? I was like, yeah. yo, let me, let me tell you, man, this Corona thing, <laughs> this Corona thing, I know it's some bad shit, but there's some, uh, there's some silver linings in this shit, man, because right. creative hustles, creative hustles. We, we, we would never see that unless we were in the studio with them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Listening to music, bar none. Right. Even if we was in concert, we wouldn't see what we saw. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They would do their set, he would do their set, and they would go. But to sit here and 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 feel the fucking camaraderie. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The love for everybody. Shit, man. Like yo, we fuck with that in the south. We fuck right. with that in Cali, yo. Yo, when you hit that joint right there, that was the shit. And then Snoop was like, yo. Woo! Murder was yeah. the they gave Yo, 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 what about the yo, sorry. What about the intermission? What about the Loved intermission? Love it. it. Okay. Yo. Shout out to Battle Cat, man. Exactly. Exactly. Mad shout out to Battle Cat, okay? Because I mean he kept the intermission going. So the minute, you know, the minute D got back, the minute D got back. It was still right, everything was right on time, okay. And it's funny, it's funny, you know, since we're in such a mean culture, okay. Uh, one, uh, well, it's such a mean culture, and you know, such a social media culture. One of the most beautiful things, and I forgot who uh, who said it online, 
but it was the fact that it was beautiful that it was beautiful that we are here today in 2020 to see and you know let's be honest a lot of people were talking about dmx's weight however to be here to talk about dmx's weight mm-hmm. everything that he's been through with everything that he's been through you know from the minute the first album came out up until yeah. now is right. such a beautiful such a beautiful thing you know like I mean, who commented on his dad bod like he's got a dad bod uh, he's a dad no, like seen, he's our age like who, who, who the fuck was it Adonis? Did the person look like Adonis that said it? Nah, no, Twitter. Nah. Twitter is violent. Twitter Hold on, is first violent. Of, we all I'm gonna say Twitter this. I'm gonna say this right here. I'm gonna say this right here. As a person that has the same body type as DMX, you know what I'm saying? It's like when was the last time you saw DMX? Right? It's kind of like it's kind of like if you think of your you think of the the girl that you mess with in college or the dude you mess with in college. You got you got them in your head already, right? And then you see them at the reunion. You're like, God damn! Like, nigga, what is what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? That that's that's what your mind thinks because right. it's because the last time we saw DMX, the last every, clips and all that stuff I seen DMX, he was running across stage with a jump on some Timberlands. I'm like, okay, with a shirt off, like yo, you know what I'm saying? We got a we got a body type of DMX. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, but we forget. Like I was surprised DMX got gray hair. Like, oh my god, DMX has gray hair. Like, and then you realize that oh shit, I'm 40. This DMX is like 10 years older than me. Oh, he's supposed to have gray hair. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, it's one of those things. It's like where we, where we, where we look at, we look at our celebrities and we don't see him for a while. And then they come back out. Like he's supposed to, yeah, you're right. He's supposed to have a dad vibe. DMX is 57 years old. And, but again, and- they're just fucking people, y'all. Like, I don't listen, get it. Listen, like listen, they're just people. Listen there, Bishop. Oh, Jet black beard having ass nigga. Whoa, you know what I'm Whoa. First, first of all, listen, listen, listen. you love it. You love it. You see that? That's that's glorious, B. I can't help what my jeans do. I can't help what my jeans do. Because I dyed my edges today. I dyed I dyed around. We gotta realize this too, man. We gotta realize this too, man. DMX is from New York. And if anybody knows anybody from New York. When you, once you hit like over forty, you automatically have that New York stomach. That up, yeah, you got it. That up, upstate upstate. stomach. All my cousins got it. Even the skinniest upstate one got it. Stomach, it like that, that upstate <laughs> stomach, man. You know what I mean? Like Think this. about it. I mean, I mean, look, look, look at, look, look, look at Jadakus. Look at all. You know what I'm saying? Eric, you know what I'm saying? Look, look at all your, look at all your peeps that you know what I'm saying. You should look at from New York, and uh, just look at their gut. They got that New York belly. It's, 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 it's you know, I don't know what it comes from. It might be eating pizza. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you know, but but, but, but like you said, hold on one second. But like you said, Bishop, which is crazy because women have been juked before. And Mm -hmm. as you know, because remember when D'Angelo was coming out and he was was about to do the whole, uh, I think it was the Soul Train Music Award or whatever. And they were Mm -hmm. like, oh shit, D'Angelo coming out, he's going to do the motherfucker. How does it feel? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He came out there for that damn, you know, he had that, um, he had that dick do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that dick do. Yeah, what? That male version of a fupa? Yes. Dick do. Yeah, dick, that dick do. That dick do is uh, your stomach going before your dick do. So, you know, he came out there and did his shit, yo. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, yo. He, he came out like this. How he does out- it feel? <laughs> Like a damn basketball, motherfucker. Yeah. Y'all in there, Jake. Let's go, let's go, let's yeah. go. We're moving really, on. Really, really, really. We, we, we needed to transition yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah, 
Hey, 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 I know, I know. Look, but before we do that, before we get our guest on, just one question because I got to bring it up, okay? Okay. Uh, your thoughts on a potential, a potential Ashanti and Keisha Cole's battle? I really? don't care. Okay. Man, really? let's move on to the guest, bro. Really? Nobody cares about it. I mean, y'all want me to see Keisha Cole love for y'all? Nobody. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. Let's get to our guest. Me, me, me. You listen to No, no, mute. No, no, mute. Oh, my God. He's niggas mute. He muted me, y'all. Yeah, you know she's going to mute herself, man. So I ain't even going to try to do it. But look, anyway. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Yes, we have guests, okay? Um, uh, their film is going to be the uh, feature uh, for uh, the feature virtual screening, actually, on uh, blackdocs.com, uh, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, we have in the house with us the uh, director of Miles in the Life, the story of a BMF drug trafficker. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome filmmaker, Sean Mathis. Sean, what's uh, good with you? What's going What's good? What's good? Ew. Hiya, hiya, hiya. <laughs> hey, guess what, Sean? Look, what's we that? love black docs and we cannot lie. Continue. <laughs> Oh, this, one right here, yeah, this one, <laughs> this one, this one, this one, and yo, and yo, and, and not only do we have the filmmaker, dude, y'all, we got the actual subject, the actual subject of the film, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we bring to you Jabari Hayes. Hey, right. Jabari, Jabari what's hey, what's up, I feel like I know you guys. I feel like What's I up, know bro? you. Like we went to school What's together. Oh, we might have PS thirty two. No, no, we did not. I'm from North Carolina. I'm just talking about. It. <laughs> we didn't. No, we didn't. Thank y'all for having us on your show. Hey, absolutely. Thank bro. you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank uh, you. And um, yeah, I mean, they put together an incredible piece of work uh, about uh, you know about Jabari Hayes and his experience uh well we'll definitely let them go into we'll definitely let them go into jabari's experience uh you know uh you know as a you know with uh you know with the uh, black mafia family uh but i gotta start this off because you know i always like to go to the director first you know um sean yes yes my man um what inspired you to bring Jabari's story uh, to film? Okay. Uh, now I know Jabari, you know, I know there was a documentary Jabari wrote. Uh, I'm not sorry, documentary. I apologize. I meant autobiography that he wrote uh, with the Thank same you, name. Yes. Uh, oh, you know, I got to do a little bit of research on you, bro. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, what inspired you to bring this story, you know, to, to film, man. Uh, it was J Jabari who inspired me. So before, okay. before I read the book, um, Jabari was a well. It's funny. He was a client of mine at the bank. I was a customer of his at his shop, and um, he was fixing my car one day, and um, he gave me his book. And I had knew Jabari like two years prior, so I read the book, and it was like, "There's no way in hell this is the same guy." 
that was like my bank client for the last two years. This guy that always <laughs> and comes in the bank real loud. And there's this cool ass guy. There's no way in hell he did all this. So I Googled him and I found some of the FBI um, documents. And I was like, oh shit. And it just so happened that I had just finished my first feature film and I was looking for a documentary to do. So that, that's what inspired me. Like knowing him and realizing like, oh shit, like he's done this in his life. That's what um, inspired me to want to do it. Wow, wow, wow. That's, I mean, uh, you know, we, you know, we had a chance to check it, you know, and we, you know, we definitely, definitely, it's, I mean, it's an amazing story, an amazing story. Uh, Jabari. Yes. Uh, what's good, my man? <laughs> man, cold chilling. How y'all feeling? All right. Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing good. Okay. So, look, I got to ask this, okay? I got to ask this. Now, um, you, you're a native New Yorker. Yes, sir. Okay. And, yeah. you know, based on the story, you went from uh, New York where you were, of course, living with your, you know, uh, you know, living with your mom. Okay. And you got out of New York and went to St. Louis. Okay. I have to, you know, I have to ask, you know, especially, you know, especially for those, especially for those listeners to ours that are, you know, transplant kids. There's a lot of transplant kids when you get to the South, okay? You know, South or even the Midwest. Uh, what was that transition like? You know, transitioning from New York and then, you know, popping into the Midwest and St. Louis. Well, it was a big culture shock. You know, you go from fights every day to crack to going to a predominantly white high school where kids left their book bags open. The school lets you take home instruments, you know what I mean? To see kids with their own parking spaces. So it was a big, and back, don't laugh, but back then, St. Louis was big on jerry curls, you know? So it was a big. Oh, big, we're, go, we're going to laugh at that. Oh, so, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So now don't, I love St. Louis now. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not dissing St. Louis, but it was a, you know, you come from a city where we catch the trains and the buses. Is available mm-hmm. 24 hours to go into a city where buses shut down. There was no train. Kids at 16, 17 had cars. There wasn't the amount of violence that I would, you know, you, you get used to violence. You get used to crack spots, especially mm-hmm. when you live in a crack house. You get used to that particular lifestyle. And I had never really, I met white people, but I had never really engaged or interacted because it was all blacks and latinos and west indians dominicans boricuas you know so it was <laughs> it was a big thing man it was a big thing i, I was blessed to go there though because i needed it you know how did you get a jerry curl though uh, yeah you, 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 no i did not yes you did he lied <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> he was he was one of the lucky ones like me like i always wanted a jerry curl my mom would never let me get one and i'm so glad to this day i thank her so much he's real close though she didn't she didn't he did have a gumby though he had a gumby he had a gumby oh i had that yo yeah. <laughs> hey, so so uh Jabari man, um one yeah. thing that I found interesting um when I was watching and it was one of the points that you started to make um very early in the documentary is that you were you were equating cuz you were you were talking about, you know, life in the projects and everything and you were showing the building 
that you grew up in and you made this this correlation between and, and I I liken it to y'all fans of the, the show The Wire, right? And you know, you know, uh when uh D'Angelo was explaining the game, he was talking to, he was doing it with the game of chess. And I feel like when you were drawing the parallel um between the projects and the prison system like oh, that man. was really really interesting man like talk talk a little bit about that man i know and i, I know it's in the documentary yeah. but but give us some thoughts uh that, that made you draw that correlation man well thanks for bringing that one up man and i really credit justin the director of photography and sean because they took the story and they made it alive and they they made it personable so like if you ever been in the projects you got that first big steel door mm-hmm. and if you've ever been in prison whether you were staying or whether you were visiting is a big steel door it, every prison in america is a big steel door when you first come in and the way those when you sit in those cells and when it becomes normal, when you hear that ding, 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 when that, <laughs> that, that cell is closing, or each place you go to to get anywhere, there's always that slamming of that door. And as y'all know, in New York, it's not many wooden doors in New York. Just like, it's not many wooden doors in prison. Like New York City, as soon as you come into projects, there's a big door in the front. Then if you're going up the steps, there's another big door. Then to the at that particular floor is another big door and all the doors are steel. So mentally, and then even in the projects, like it's always gates on the windows. And I understand you have to have gates sometimes for some people, for children, but on the upper east side or whatever, same building that used to be the projects they converted is no bars on the window. So when you, as a project kid, you wake up to bars, you walk out this big steel door, if you going down the steps is another big steel door and it's dark, you got to go through another steel door and another steel door. It's the same thing as prison, you know, and I'm glad Sean and Justin were able to bring that to the screen. And I appreciate you notice. I appreciate you noticing that. No doubt. Man. It, was, it, was, it was very, very uh, interesting analogy, man. So, I, you know, I appreciate you. Uh, you guys bringing that uh, to light, man. It was a very, very crucial part of the documentary. Thank you. Yep. No doubt, no doubt. So um the 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 film was awesome. Um it it really cuz I, you know, of course lived during that time. I was making my transition from single person out out doing whatever I want to to wife and mother, but had no like I had no idea. So I even text these guys and I told them I was like, "Hey, I was probably in the, the club in Atlanta with y'all because I used to go down to Atlanta to party." But um, <laughs> I'm gonna turn <laughs> I'm gonna turn to Sean for a little bit. Like, how did your filmmaking career begin? Oh, my filmmaking career it had began um, in 2013. I had, like um, interned um, with this guy named Ralph Wilcox. He did the film, The Lena Baker Story, which was the story about the first African-American woman that was that uh, was killed by the death penalty. And so I started there, interning. And then I just interned with um, a bunch of different like independent studios. And just, you know, just pre- pretty much got like my film game up, right? But then after that, I just struck out on my own. 
and my first my first major my, my first major break was I ended up co-writing and co-producing a film with Two Chains, oh. and then and then from there like the floodgates opened up. Like I quit my job and I've been doing this full time since. Good, wow, wow. good. What was and, and okay, so uh, just going to the uh, to the, uh, the the two chain short film. Okay, mm-hmm. how I gotta know how did that mm-hmm. land? How did that land in your lap? How did, okay, I mean, so how did that it's funny because honestly, it didn't land. It was like two years of like work. So um, okay, I worked at a okay. bank where I handled all of their money, like the money for their studio. So like, if Chains wanted a car, I was like notarizing the the um paperwork transferring the, the um, money or whatever so his manager Alan and Carol used to come in all the time and what I did was I told them I said if you need anything after hours here's my phone number just give me a call knowing damn well that I can't do anything banking wise after hours I just needed their number so what I did was every time I shot a music video or every time I shot a film I would text them the link and for two years, they didn't say anything. They, they would come in the bank and not say if they saw the project or what. Never said anything. And then one day, I'm in the movies. I'm watching Black Mass. And I get a phone call. It's Alan. He said, hey, we're doing this movie, and we need your help. And I left the movie theater and went straight to the studio. <laughs> mm, dope. That was probably a good mm. choice because Black. That was a good choice. Yeah, that was good. Black was good. Really wasn't really that good. It wasn't a good movie at all. Terrible, just terrible. But yeah, that's how it happened. And then you know, from there, they like my they like my um work so much. I ended up producing and writing the treatment for two of his videos after that, and then I co-directed a movie for their producer, Two Seventeen, two years after that. Wow, wow, that's dope, man. Yeah, I'm gonna send my links to people. Then that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you should have been doing that, yo. You should have been doing that. I yeah. am. You no, ain't no I'm hustling. Nah, no I'm, word of, I'm a word of mouth dude. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't never heard it, like people look at you, you ain't heard of Bishop Omega, like what's wrong with you? Like that's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard of me yet? What's wrong with you? Why you on the internet? Nah, but um, my question is for Jabari. Like, how did you bump? How did you bump into Big Meech? You know what I'm saying? Like to 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 get you like your foot in the game, you know, with, with BMF is my question. Cause it's always one of them stories like, yo, you know what I mean? You, you know, you walk down the street like, hey, Big Meech, hey, what's going on? Wanna keep cocaine? Sure. Let's get it. <laughs> 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 well, oh, it wasn't quite right like that. My cousin Q, shout out to him. Um, my cousin Q, he's in prison now. Before Meech and T, T's his brother, before they were real big, um, it's a small upper echelon circle of drug dealers back at that time in this country. They kind of know each other. Some of them may have the same connect. They see each other back, you know, like Super Bowl, all-star weekend basketball cancun miami you kind of bump into each other so detroit chicago st louis we all kind of know each other and everybody migrated to atlanta so my cousin i got a pass into that world because he was at that time not in his lifetime of selling drugs he was bigger than meech so everybody knew me as q's cousin so when i was at uh, morehouse and i was running track and I had a limousine business and a valet parking. 
So all the hottest clubs, I used to be there and I was working, everybody knew me. And so we all kind of gravitated together, St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit guys. And I used to sell smoke back then. Statue of limitation is five years. This Good. was uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> just so you know. All right. So, Somebody get this man. I'm gonna get a t-shirt made and I'll, I'll yeah. send it to you. Send me your address. Statute yeah. limitations five years. Yeah. I get right. Sixteen months for most yeah. things. Murder and that stuff is not. But the question is, so a guy I used to run track with, mm -hmm. him and Meech were tight. So because Meech knew me, and they never for years I was around. I say for year for years I was around, and we would just party. You know, I'd be the smoke man or whatever the case would be, but it was never nothing. They come to my house, they kick it, smoke out my house, everything. Never talked any business. And in this particular world in the mob, somebody got to die or somebody got to go to prison for you to get that next spot. Mm -hmm. So I, I waited for years. I was ready, but it wasn't my time. So somebody got popped and that was all she wrote. Next thing you know, because they knew my background. I used to work for my cousin. Again, statute of limitations is up. I used to work for my cousin driving. So I made the transition. They all knew me. They trusted me. And then bam, that's all she wrote. And and, and again, uh, for the benefit of those that are joining us now and you haven't heard the statute of limitations. Is yeah, <laughs> it is. So we can talk. Months, we can years. talk freely. We can talk freely. I can, and, and you know, for that's the funny thing. For years, I never ever talked about this because mm -hmm. a nobody would understand it, and then b people were still in prison, you know, and the statute of limitation was up, wasn't mm -hmm. up, so you couldn't talk about it, you mm -hmm. know. So, but yeah, that life, it ain't no. Oh, I'm gonna just go holler. No, no. And for, when I mean years, they never ever showed me other than like money to go to the club. I mean, it might be 50, 100,000 to go to the club, but it wasn't like the millions. I never saw one morsel of work, you know, smoke and pills. That's it. Mm -hmm. Nothing for years. That's how they did it. If you were outsider, you were outsider. You never knew what was going on. They never told you where they were at. They just come to town, stay a week, party like a rock star, and leave. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yo, Jay, the um, the game has changed so much, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, but I um, when I watched the uh, documentary, what I got out of it, and I really loved when you said that I'm not going to glorify prison, and um, I appreciate you for that. Because, you know, a lot of cats, they get in it and they think that, you know, I'm going to make this money. I'm going to do this. and I'm going to do that. And, you know, when I go to when I get locked up, I'm going to be around my boys. It's going to be like fucking belly. We're going to smoke weed and shit. <laughs> We're going to smoke weed. I'm going to have an yeah, Al Capone exactly. sweet. I'm going to have an Al Capone sweet. It's going to be like good fellas. We're going to be slicing up garlic and shit. World is yours on the blimp. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I really appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? That, that uh, you know, I think that, that younger kids need to see this to know that, hey, the game ain't, you know, it, it ain't always, you know what I'm saying, cherries. It ain't always, you know what I'm saying, chocolate cake. You know what I'm saying? There's always that up. Whatever goes up yeah. must come down, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my uh, question to you is um, why you were, um, and you and you made uh, 
reference to, you know, when you first locked up in that first year, you got your, your boys and your cars, this, that, and the other. And then when years go down, you finally find that hard, you finally find the core people that really, really are down with you. What do you right. say to these um, to these kids out here that think that, you know, you know, and like I said, the game has changed a lot. And, you know, cats is out here, you know what I'm saying, dry snitching like a son bitch. But, you know, how do you how do you think that, you know what I'm saying, what would you say to these kids, man, that, that you know, that are out here thinking that, hey, this is this is the life that I'm going to go go do? I'm, I'm really, really, really glad you asked that question, because that that may be the biggest question almost ever, because they have it like totally misunderstood is an illusion. You think like most of us that we're out here doing this, we killing it, killing it. The people who benefit the most are the bondswoman, the bondsman, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, because they have another body there, and the lawyers. And whoever you left those money, cars, houses, jewelry, and clothes to. If, it's almost like when you go gambling. You know that you're going to spend this money. You might win some, but the house almost always wins. You know, so you have two years to give them 20. That it it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense mathematically. It makes no sense. Even if you had a 10 year run, most of the times when you got a long run like that, the more time you get because the case is building up, you've done more dirt. You've got way more conspiracies. These people got a hard on for you. Your name is buzzing. Your name is popping in prison. You know, um, if I had to talk to them and Sean and I, we're doing another instructional film for prisons and we're doing another documentary. The instructional film is called 10 Ways to Stay Free. And the documentary is how to stay free. And what we're doing is we're detailing the things to be successful for persons who are in prison that leave prison. You know that door is a 68% recidivism rate of return. You leave the prison, you come out, you boomeranging back in, and it always gets worse. So to answer it directly, I would say it's an illusion, number one. Number two, everything you had will go away. There's maybe a half of a percent or 1% that come home to something. You're going to lose most of your family. You're going to, relatives are going to die. You will lose everything that you had. And if you do have some, it's played out like the cross-colored jeans and that Carl Kanai stuff and that eight ball stuff. When you come home, you're going to be a Martian. You're going to be an alien in your own community. The place that you knew, every nook, cranny, corner, block, everything. When you come back, everything is going to change. You're going to start past zero. You're going to come back and that... That aha moment is when you're in prison. And when I was in prison, I was the clerk. I was the garage clerk. I made, and this was top pay, 23 cents an hour. Mm. And Cruz was jealous of 23 cents an hour. Wow. If, wow. When I left, I was making five cents $5, $5 a month. That's the that's the biggest question. Do you want to make five dollars and twenty five cents a month? And if you got to go to the doctor, which is really a PA, if you got five dollars and twenty five cents on your books, two of it goes towards a copay. Five twenty five minus two dollars is three dollars and twenty five cents. Do you want to do this? 
That's you got to answer that question. Right. If you want to live like that, to be told when to get up, sit down, when to take a shit, when to take a piss, how to hug your parents, and when your family members die and you can't be there and you got to grieve alone, hey, that's the that's the biggest question you got to ask yourself. Is it worth it? Hmm. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Like, um, I, I read that somewhere when it was like, you know, when you get locked up for selling drugs and everything like that, and you do you do ten years, you would have been better off working at McDonald's that whole time, and you would have been you would have been in a better spot than you left off when you come back home. Absolutely, absolutely, a one hundred percent. And yeah. you know, people glorify prisons. Did I have some moments? Of course, I had some moments, right? But. I was in prison, man. You right. know what I'm saying? Like everything you do right now, you can't do. You can't get up and go to that refrigerator. You can't go hug your mom. You are in a place where you can cut the tension. My, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. This a this will really help the kids. My homeboy, when he first came in, he said I was five seven, 130 pounds. Excuse my language. I'm not gonna curse. He said this dude said, Oh, we curse a lot. Go ahead. I mean, last week was motherfucker day, so yeah, yeah. yeah I got this dude said to another dude, I'm gonna fuck that motherfucker over there. My homeboy said, Me, he said, Me, I'm five seven hundred thirty pounds. So he was forced to put himself in a situation. So you know what he did? He went and talked to his other homeboy. He got some steel, they wrapped it up with tape, wrapped it up with tape, both hands. He came out the fucking unit and said, yo, look, we're gonna go in that room. One person gonna come out. You ready to die today? So mm. that's what you gotta deal with. If you ain't ready for that, you ain't ready for the drug business. If you ain't ready to give your life away for 20 years, you don't ever need to touch drugs. You don't ever need to sell drugs, traffic drugs, count money, conspire, any of that. Mm. That's, what, that's what it really comes down to. If you willing to give your life, and at that time I was, I was that insane. If you willing to give your life and to be put anywhere our government, and I'm not hating on our government, but they can put, you are a number. My number was 309-57044. I will never forget that number. You are a number, you are a body to be counted and so that they can get their budget for it. And this isn't bashing the BOP or any state correctional facility. And believe me, it is not about rehabilitation. It is about safety of them, you not escaping, then the safety of the prisoners, right? And your room, okay, bust this. When you first come in, you go to a cell, right? This is my experience. You go to a cell, it's for two people. You got six, five human beings in one rat. So when you first come in, you the third person, you on the floor. In the middle of the night is the fourth person. Then when you go take a piss, you ain't even hear him. You taking a piss and a dude head or his feet is a foot away from the commode. And because they slide the trays with the food underneath the table, the rats come at the edge of the door to eat the food. So mm. rats, wait, 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 wait. Rats? Hey, mice, Prison. rats. Is what no. every prison isn't like that. I'm just telling you my experience. And I, Damn. but that's the story we want to kind of share. And we want to also share the story of redemption that after you leave or while you're in, you got to make a conscious decision on what do you want to do when you get out? You can't wait till you get out to say, I'm going to wait then. It's like running a marathon. 
You got to enter it. You got to get in shape. You might have to have a qualifying marathon to to even be able to make it in. So you got to prepare there. And that's what our next transition is, you know, to take these talents, take this experience and share it with other people. That's what's up. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah man. Rats. Damn rat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she still saw Egypt. Yeah. 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 So, let me tell you. Yo, so, yo, yo Sean. Okay. Yo, hold, 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 hold on, Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Okay, this real quick. So, in this one prison, everybody's in pink and orange. And the reason you're in pink and orange is because you get a white shirt and an orange jumpsuit. Everything is washed together. So, everybody just basically has on pink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's what it is. And at another place, Oklahoma City Transfer Center, you never touch free ground. The plane, you go, you the, the gate is the prison. Man. And when you get Man. there, they giving you somebody else draws. They say they wash them and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so if you don't want to wear somebody else draws, that they said, don't do no crime. That's what's going on. Life is not for me. That's, that's, yeah. that's true. Not for me. That's, that, that, that's true. That's true. Mm-mm. Yo, Sean. What's up? Now, uh, now, of course, the film, yo, the, of course, the film is based on Jabari's autobiography of the same name, okay? And I know adopting it to another medium, yo, that shit ain't easy, all right? What pitfalls and difficulties did you experience, my man, in the process? There was really no pitfalls. The difficulty was cutting the story down. You know, we had enough. Okay. Okay. We had enough footage. We could have did a whole docu series, like for real. Part two. Are we doing a part two? Uh, there's no parts. <laughs> no, no what I know. There now. are always parts. Yeah, nah. <laughs> knowing what I know now, if I knew it then, we would have did a series because there was so uh, much, yeah. so much other stuff that we didn't use. So, like the biggest difficulty was cutting it down. So I, I remember the first edit of the film was three and a half hours long. Wow. That's that Zach Snyder cut. I'm like, I gotta cut. I'm like, I have to cut half of this. So that was the hardest part. Like, what to cut, what to keep, and then once you have it, how does it flow? And I'm not an editor. I'm a writer, director, producer. So what I did was, I was in charge of listening to the hours of film that we had, all the interviews, listening to all of them 101 times, time stamping it trying to get a flow to give to the editors to cut. And then once I had to cut off another hour and a half of it, I had to start the process all over again. So that was the most difficult part was trying to figure out what to keep. And still keep the story cohesive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that we're, makes sense. We're going to get that uh, Zack Snyder's cut. That's what, that's what we want. We want yeah, that was right. Just send us all the footage. Yeah, we want that three hours. Yeah, we want that three hours, yo. We want to see it. Zack Snyder's cut, man. We on HBO Max, young. No, nigga, no. Straight to tape, Max. Straight to tape, Max. Exactly, exactly. Jabari. If y'all want it, you know, give me a price. You know, give me a number. You ain't saying oh, nothing. I got about seventeen dollars. We don't have any. We don't get paid to do this. Thirty-five. We don't have any money. I'm independently wealthy. Just, evidently, just, he, evidently, he hasn't heard. Yeah, he hasn't heard our sound effects. Yeah, we, we, we do our own sound effects. Meow, 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 meow. 
That's my favorite sound. <laughs> now, now, oh, sorry, now we down from the south now. We all down about layaway now. We can lay away. We'll lay it down now. We'll lay away. Put something on it. Put something on it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to... Go ahead, yep. Keith. Here, here to Christmas. Here to Christmas. Um, Jabari, like friendship is super important to me. And it was refreshing to see the friends that you met when you got to St. Louis and they, them tell their sides of the story. And I guess I guess this question is for both of y'all. Where was that decision? And were there some people that weren't interested in in telling their stories? Like I, I know, I know that if I did some shit, then I'd have some friends that would be all on camera, and I have some friends that'd be like, no um shut up bishop but um that that just explain to me how that that whole part of the documentary came about because normally you see like and i'm a documentary fiend by the way so normally you see like the cops and then maybe a reporter that covered the story rarely do you see the person themselves that was involved you don't ever see nobody friends like unless you're talking about r kelly but that's a different story but um like rarely do you see friends that are were friends and still friends involved in this type of project so how did that come to be um basically i just told jabari give me a list of the people that he wanted to talk to you know um i had always heard of bmf but i wasn't you know i wasn't about that life i didn't know i didn't know who to like shit excuse me I didn't know who to like go to or whatever. So Jabari gave us a list of the friends. And the cool thing about Jabari was anytime we interviewed his friends, he was never in the room. Good. He would yeah. leave so his friends could speak freely. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff that his friends said, his first time seeing it was in a documentary. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I wanted to do, and you touched on it, was tell the story from you know his point of view. Every documentary that's out there is always told from the um, point of view of law enforcement and judges and shit like that. People that are trying to push this narrative. And, you know, before Jabari, you know, I had thought that all drug dealers was like the worst people ever in life. Keep them under the jail. Right. I didn't believe that people could have to turn their life around. But me and Jabari's friends show me that, you know, everybody's story is like different. And he was genuinely a good guy. There was no malice. No one we talked to ever said it, that your body was a violent person, was an angry person, or just a downright evil person. So that decision was based on him giving us a list of people and him allowing them to talk freely by him leaving the room. I think a lot of people get that messed up too, as far as like drug dealers, like dr- like what in my experience because I grew up in Philly. My experience with with drug dealers and you know and we know some shooters, drug dealers and shooters are probably the most charismatic people that you that you'll run across. You know what I'm saying? Like someone, you know what I mean? These people are not, and, I, and I've always said this too. I was like because when we look at drug dealers, we kind of like what Jabari was saying. It's like they get like two years. But when they tell the story, it seemed like these cats been selling drugs for like 30 years. It's like they're, but you like, yo, they like, they they start selling drugs at 15 and they're running basically Fortune 500 companies. You know what I'm saying? At 15, 20 years old or whatever, within a five year span. And it's like this, you can understand that these people are brilliant. They're, they, you know what I'm saying? Almost in some cases, and Jabari could talk to this level, you probably met some cats as genius level of math, math, mathematicians. Because they keep everything in their head. You know what I'm saying? And they know how to move through and problem solving skills and, and all these things that you think is a good CEO, 
they grew up doing that at, at 15, 16, 17 years old. And then, unfortunately, they just was in the wrong business because that was the only opportunity afforded to them. You know, and or they didn't they didn't think that the, the magnitude they felt in love. They fell in love with the with the and that goes in my next question. How did you know what I mean the intoxication? Can we talk about that? The intoxication of being, you know what I'm saying, with with in the game. Absolutely. How was that? Uh, I wanna go back to the sister question. Um I was grateful to my friends that they were able to interview one, that they took the time to and that like sean said some of the stuff i didn't know like when, when you're a drug dealer you think about everybody but you think about everybody that like like you and everybody isn't like you they don't take that life risk that that they, they don't risk their lives every day or 20 years in prison or five years or 10 years so i was grateful to my friends and like sean said I didn't know some of the things that they said because you're so busy, you're running 100 miles an hour um, when you're out there. But it's something I had to see it three and four times to catch some of the stuff that my friends were saying and how they loved me and how they cared for me, how they were concerned or how they were mad at me. That's the thing, because when you're doing it, you're always like, when people say they're mad at you, you're like, you mad at me, but like Andre Crawford said, he said, I was mad at you because I lost my friend. I was mad at you because I knew you had a newborn child. I was mad at you because I was in those same places and not because you wanted to get me locked up, but when they come and kick in, they take everybody. It is a wide net and you gotta prove your innocence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and to answer your question, brother, when you said, like my lawyer said it uh, best, he was like, a lot of drug dealers, like you said, could run Fortune 500 companies. They just chose another path. And that's what we're saying today. When brothers and sisters and juveniles get out, they've got that opportunity to take that same energy. Instead of going right to illegal, they need to go left with legal. Just like this film business. It's all a drug deal. People mm -hmm. got a lot of in order to spend money with you. Same thing with drugs. If they don't like you or they don't trust you, they're not going to spend money with you. And there's a lot of moving parts. You've got to go put in the work and you got to outwork everybody. Successful drug dealers and successful CEOs are one and the same. They had to outwork everybody. They had to be shrewd business women and men, and they had to understand people. When you're selling drugs or you're a CEO, you got to know how to motivate. Everybody doesn't take the same motivation. You got supply, you got demand, you've got all the people under you. Sometimes you got people above you. You got to know how to work all of these relationships and weave in a way to be profitable. You know, when stuff goes bad, you got to recreate yourself and make sure, like, if your supplier in China goes down and you're making plastic widgets, it's the mm -hmm. same when you're connecting, a cartel goes down. Now you got to go get another connect. It's the same principle. And I think if a lot of us, and I say us as former drug dealers or people who were locked up, if we took that same energy and transferred that into whatever business, we would be super successful, you know? So I think that we really need to see that story that, look, you got it. If you did this, you can do this. If you went into that game and you were ruthless, 
and all the rest of that, you take that same thing without the crime element and killing your competitors or whatever, you take that same energy and you put it in legitimate business. I think I think that's what it is. Google need Google, you hear me? You need to hire drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. Most yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, I actually I got a question for both for both for we pretty much. Uh look, I got a question for both Sean and uh there you go with that mobile. There, there, there it is. That, that's boost mobile. Boost mobile. Boost mobile. Your story. We can't hear you. Perry. Start. Start all over. Perry. Start all over. You're pixelating. Yo, did I? Did yo? Did I? Did I? Did I get? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yo, can you? Oh, oh, okay. I'm starting all over. Okay, fine. There you go. Fine, fine, fine. Okay. Put some more gas right, in Jabari, your computer, Sean. Why is this? Why is Jabari's? <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, anyway. What was the question? Anyway, yo, yo, why, yo? The question is, why is Jabari's story such an important story to tell? Spit it out, nigga. I think the story is important because it was honest. It was like I just spit it out, nigga. <laughs> we, hello. Go, go ahead, man. You go good. ahead. Oh, uh, now I was saying, I was saying the story was important because it go was ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead. It was just honest take on, on, on everything that he's done. The biggest part of why is so, you know, why it's so important is because he didn't glorify anything. He showed how you're a, a victim of your circumstance, even if it's 20 years later. Like when we first talked, he said, you know, Webster's Dictionary defines normal as basically what you do every day, right? And his normal was running drugs at six years old. And for the people that think that you got to be born bad or, you know, you just turn bad, this documentary shows that that's not the case. Like he wasn't born bad. He actually made it out of New York. Gotta, you know, how many how many kids of crack addicted parents do you know get a scholarship to college? How many of them do you know graduate summa cum laude, become an all American athlete, and then because of what he what his normal was at six, it made him easily susceptible to do this at 25, 26 years old, right? So he wasn't his bad person. It, it's important to show that normal people can can make the same mistakes. The other part that makes it so important is be, it shows that a person that went to jail, if afforded a second chance, will most likely take that second chance and do something with their life. Right. So Jabari got out of prison, got full custody of his son, and then started a, you know, started a multi-million dollar a year business. You know, he's been a law-abiding citizen since. And a lot of times people love to like continuously demonize criminals when they come out of jail and they don't give them that fair shot. They don't give them that fair assessment. I was guilty of that. I always tell people that if I would have known what Jabari's past was the very first time he sat at my desk, he probably wouldn't have been a client of mine. And that's a fucked up perception to have of somebody because we all sin differently, right? We've all done something in our lives that we were given a second chance from. 
And in my mind, because he was a drug dealer, he didn't need one. The cool thing was I saw him who, you know, as the man that he is today or when I met him and not his past. So it's important to show people that, that people can come out and literally change their lives. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, what Sean said is true. Like, we wanted people to see a complete story, not just like you guys had said earlier from the DEA or from, you know what I mean? We wanted to show like the whole narrative. Where did you come from? Why did you go there? Why did you do it? And what are you doing now? They usually say where you came from, what you did, basically you did. We wanted to show that, look, you can have this life, you know, and this isn't in a, a braggadocious way, but this is to say, hey, look, all legally, I've been to Barcelona, I've been the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Turks and Caicos, and South Africa. I saved, my wife works, and I can still live a full life and not have to go back to that. You know, every all of us have ups and downs, but we really wanted to show the complete story and our story by us, for us, and to help us, you know, because there's a lot of people that think I'm gonna go back to what I know or I can't do anything else, you know? I didn't know about the body shop business before I went in. And when I got out, I was a big fish out of water, but I had to I had to outwork everybody. I had to prove myself and I had to take my knocks and take baby steps to get where I am, you know? But we we wanted to show the complete story, not just the the, the clubs, the strip clubs, the money, Glamorous. the cars. Yeah, you know, is enough of that out there. We wanted to show it and Sean and Justin did a great job of taking their time and not just glorifying the story, but giving you the complete narrative, you know? So we're grateful that people can see it on Amazon Prime, um, Amazon Prime you know? <laughs> that was funny on so many levels. That was funny on so many levels. That was funny on so many levels. But look, look, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Miles in a Life, the story of a BMF drug trafficker, is the feature, is the feature documentary uh for black dots uh black docs com okay uh july 30th to august the 6th definitely check it check it out the link is uh you know the link is in the comments okay you know go by black you know go by the uh, black docs facebook page go to black docs uh com but ladies and gentlemen thank you i want to thank filmmaker sean mathis I want to thank Jabari Hayes for coming through and blessing us with your presence on Straight to Tape. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In North Carolina, I got you. Exactly. Sean, only if you promise to do the documentary for Straight to Tape. Yeah, cool. yeah, we need we yeah. need somebody to do our documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we planning on y'all? Say what? Yeah, Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay, I got Raleigh, Durham. Raleigh and Garner. I used to live in Garner. 
Oh, wow. Oh, Everybody. We got paid for no hotels. Good job. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got people in there. You got, got people here. Nah, nigga. Don't try to get to the people. I want the Hilton. Nah, nigga. You got somebody in Ghana, nigga. Get to people Yeah, but definitely S2. Yo, S2 Tears. Yo, check this documentary out. It's yes. good. Yeah, yeah, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. From the their, yo, yeah, and check out their QA, Black Docs. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, it's gonna be great, just like this one was great. So, gentlemen, thank you for coming you. through. You. You're welcome back anytime. Just on okay. some humble shit. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Thank cool. you again for having us. Yo, hey, and I'm gonna tell y'all this right here. Don't 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 you we better see y'all in the comments within the next couple weeks, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or, or guess what? Your Yelp review was going down on Bishop. <laughs> I'm sick of niggas hey, being guests being guests that don't want to support the show. I'm looking, I'm nah, I can man, see your faces. Nah, I'm finding y'all on Facebook. Y'all gonna get a joint from me. I'm gonna unlike That's all cool. the bitches I did like. I like all you like the group, so right. like the yeah. I turn the notifications on. So no all right, y'all, man. Y'all keep welcome home again, Jay. Yo, and yo, the documentary. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I haven't had it. My weekend was crazy or whatever, so I hadn't had a chance to check it out. But you know what I'm saying? I am definitely gonna go. do it. Oh no, I'm definitely sure. You think I'm a front? I'm not gonna front. Leave a review. Right. Leave yeah. a review. Yeah, I, will. I, will. I, will. I will. I would not do that. It's gonna yeah. be Steven. It's gonna be a Steven review. Yeah. Hey, Bishop does have 87 kids, so you right. Know, we give yeah, him a pass. Yeah, true, true, Thank you. Now, he's no out this motherfucker for real. But anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come thank through again, man. Thanks, Thanks for having yeah. me. Thank you. Thank no you. Doubt. Later. All right. That's what that's what's up, man. That was dope. Yeah, that that's was great. Dope. That was dope. That was dope. Yo, Tico. Yes. Do you have anything weird for us today? Well, it is weird, but it's from a Republican, so I don't know. <laughs> oh God, ladies and gentlemen, Tico's Theater of the Weird, 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 there was a Texas politician that on Twitter, I mean on Twitter, he said that uh um, Twitter? Yes, Twitter. Twitter. He said that uh ETs, which is <clears throat> extraterrestrials, they need a religion. They said that uh, he said that uh if aliens would have accepted Jesus Wait, Christ. Wait, hold on. Tico pause a minute. Who is playing the cup game right now? I'm not certain. I don't know. I hear it. Who is playing the cup game? I don't know. All right, I don't know. Go ahead. But he said that if aliens would have accepted Jesus Christ as their mm. savior, uh, if they wanted to visit heaven. So, yeah, that's his whole thing. Um, if uh, mm. aliens want to go visit heaven, that they need to um, take Jesus Christ as their savior in order to get there. Well, um. Okay. Listen. I'm gonna tackle this. I'm gonna tackle this because I asked this question one time. Go for it. Go for it. Listen, I asked this question. 
I, yeah, I asked this question once on my face. If aliens, if aliens came down, because one of my friends is super Christian, right? I'm talking about when he's super Christian, so I'm super Christian, right? So I was like, listen. Why the fuck I got to be weird? Fuck. Right. Anyway, go ahead. So, go ahead. so, yeah, that's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> but, so I was, I asked him, I said, could, could, when aliens come down here, could, you know what I'm saying, it come to your church? This mom said, no. I said, why? Why can't aliens be Christian too? And then my thing is like this, like, you know, I think what it is, aliens got their own heaven because, you know what I'm saying, if you believe in God, you believe in God made everything. And guess what? Maybe they have their own, their own religion. It's kind of like when people say God and not lost the same person. So they probably already have a religion. You just can't, you just can't make them Christian. You know what I'm saying? You don't know Christianity's right. To be honest with you, you just got the faith in it. So guess what? He does not have the, my alien friend can pray to whatever God they pray to, and then we'll work it out all at the end. Answer me this. Riddle me this. Why are we fucking be making up shit to stress over? Like, I don't understand. There's so much stress organic in life. Like, why do we make up things like this to, well, stre- to, to fucking stress over? Because why? aliens are real. Like, because at no, some no, no, point no, they're no. going to come I, down I, here. Yeah, I get it. But what does it matter? Like, at that point in life, like, when you see the, the, the spaceships descending from the sky and shit, are you really going to think whether they're Christians or Muslims or atheists I, I, or agnostic or, or anarchist or no, you, you want to do that because you're going to bring a meal to the aliens. You want to know what their dietary uh, um, religion is. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to give a Muslim alien no pork chops. Some other pork chops to an ET. They, you just they probably want people chops. They might want people chops. <laughs> what is it? What's the what's the episode? What Tinko? What's our favorite episode of uh, Twilight Zone? Oh what's yeah, the name of it. It's a cookbook. The feed man, right? So they're gonna eat us based on, based on the Twilight Zones uh, the hypothesis. They're gonna eat us, so it really doesn't matter. Like I think, I think for real. Like uh, we should, we should make sure that they're good first, as far as um, benevolent beings. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll we'll do that. You know, but they probably got some other stuff that they probably eat on. You know what I'm saying? But if, like if they were gonna eat us, they would have eaten us by now because we're fat. no, no. They, yeah, they we're might. fat. We're fat. Yeah. We're right for the picking. Key, key. I mean, but y'all, I mean, but y'all all know how. You know, I, I don't know key about eating people because I see a couple of aliens. It's and uh, getting coffee, they use Starbucks. <laughs> you know what? You know hey, what? Hey, hey, no, 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 no! Don't even. But wait, y'all, even. y'all haven't hey. watched Hannibal. Y'all, y'all need uh, to watch the series of Hannibal because he eats people on a regular and he makes them up in such wonderful dishes. He eats a lot of pork. He says he eats a lot of pork, but it's really people meat. Anyway, hey, hey, hey look, you know hey, what I'm saying? Hey, I was going. I was going to me. Hey, look, as long as he no. throws some cilantro and some sweet heat in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and he really, does. Really, Rob. And really. And a, and a sauce and a sauce currants. You yes. know, I told y'all, I, I told y'all if we ever got into a, a plane crash, I will eat you motherfuckers. I will eat you. Like, I'm not going to kill you. I'll wait for you to die off. But your livers, yes, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. King, King, save us. <laughs> we, 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 we need a motherfucking verse. 
Uh, and this ain't even our motherfucking episode. But we do do people taste like chicken though? Right do now. people taste like chicken? No, like if you think no, about apparently it, they taste, there are parts of the body that taste like like you can prepare like fish. Yeah. I'm just going based because I've been watching Hannibal, right? Yes. Sorry, Perry. I've been watching. No, it's all about the it's all about the part of the body and mm-hmm. then how you prepare it and cut it, right? right? So like the leg, he had a whole leg and it looked like a leg of lamb, but it was really like a human thigh. And then there was another part of the body. I don't know what part it was that he had, but he disguised it as fish. So he had on a plate with like sea urchin and yeah. caviar, like sushi. So yeah. I don't, I don't it's know what part of the, the body that is. Yep. It's all about okay. the turkey chop. Turkey chop tastes yeah. just like pork did, did you, did you just say it's all about the cut? Yeah. All yep. about the cut, turkey chop. Uh, I hate it here. I no, truly, truly bet. hate you it here. No bets. I hate no it. Bets. Hey, P, give us a verse. All right. Um. So I had a very good friend pass away this week unexpectedly, right. and it was it Sorry fucking sucks. And he is a, a great guy to many people. Yeah, like he's a huge, huge, huge presence in and around Raleigh. Um. And so I say that to say that if you have petty disagreements or you have even not so petty disagreements or just tell the people that you love that you love them i love you guys um like tell them daily and I, I i've grown into that as i've gotten older probably in the last five years or so that when i hang up the phone with the people that i love that i tell them i love them and they're kind of like i love you too but just get used to doing that. Like, tell people you love them while they're here. Like, once they're gone, it's too fucking late, yo. It's too late. It's too late to reconcile your differences. It's too late to tell you you love them. It's too late to do anything with them. And we can't really do much now, but it's too late to sit on the phone with them. You know, my best friend loves to talk on the phone, and I hate to talk on the phone. And she calls me, and we just she just sits on the phone. And I might start doing that a little more right now because or going into the future because we like people are leaving this earth and there's no fucking way shape form about it there's no logic behind it like i don't remember my parents having these types of conversations at 45 i don't or between 45 and 50 so just live your life enjoy the people that you have in your life and love on the people, like actively love on the people that you have in your life. Now, like right now, do it right now. After you, after the show's over, do it. I, I totally agree with you. I do too. I totally, yeah, yeah. 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 And and me and me for a totally different reason too, because I'm the type of person that if I don't like you, I'm never going to like you. So it's 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 going to be like if you get if you get into the place because you know y'all know me I'm I'm a real like goofy guy and everything like that so I tell the people I I've, I've been practicing this been practicing telling people my homeboys and people that I love I love them since I'm in my early twenties so you know what I'm saying this has been about a twenty year span of me telling people I love them and even people I'm angry with if I love them I love them because then when I cut you off you know what I'm saying. Gone. If I, I I can look that I can do this right here. I can celebrate your funeral. You know what I'm saying? That's where that's how that's yeah. where I'm at with it. It's like this. That's, it's like, the, that's the hate 
hate needle, right? Right. You know, I don't hate is. a lot of people I'm, in my life, but if I hate you, I fucking hate you. I hate I'm not you. Like I'm there. If you if you push me, if you push me to the point where I have to hate you, you're in the hate bucket for real. It's like it's a lid on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I give people so many chances, and and it's because of that. Because I have the on the other side, I need to tell everybody that I do love that yo. It don't matter. You, yeah, we had a, we had an argument. We had a fist fight. That don't. You, I look at you. I look at your history as a person. You still have fist fights? Yeah, man. I still have fist fights in a minute. You know what I'm saying? Shoot, it get out of hand. It's gonna some fist cups gonna get thrown. You, you know just turned. You just turned forty. You shall and see. And these. And what I'm saying is this right here. And I know. I know. Right now, I felt my grown man strength grow up. You know how you get that grown man strength. I, I it, it plugged in. So I got one more knocked out in me. You know what I'm saying? I grabbed the shit out of somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you said what? What? <laughs> and them grown, them grown men will slap the shit out of you too. <laughs> Quickly. Are you are you not grown yeah. men though? Are no, you no, not no, no, no. grown it's, men? You're only it's a grown a man. You're only a grown man when you can take and squeeze a thigh. Right. You can squeeze a thigh. And bring a man down, bring a man down just by grabbing his thigh or his shoulder or his shoulder. A chicken thigh. Nah, man. Let me tell you, man. I got I got to a fight with my stepfather one day. You know, I said that. You know, I said that 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 uh, that that, that, uh, that line that everybody says. You ain't my daddy. Daddy. Oh shit. So oh, shit. we went outside, and y'all know Teddy. He from, yeah. he's, straight, he's straight from the country. I automatically, yeah. I, you automatically got fucked so, up. I know, I know. Teddy's probably big as fuck too. Ain't Teddy got big ass fist? Yeah, he got big ass fist, bro. Let me tell you, man. I sat out that dunk, and you know, I got my fist all balled up. I'm about to damn, you know what I'm saying? My whole, I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna. He big, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go around him, dip, poop, stick him like that. This dude stepped on my foot. Mm. I couldn't go nowhere. And just grabbed me by my shoulder and just put the daggone Vulcan death lock on my ass. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. You got me this time. You got me this time. You wait until I get 50. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but anyway what, to your, to your, fist, your fist grow? Exactly, to my fist grow. <laughs> exactly, bro. Ted, Teddy, a hard, that's Teddy, a hard worker, man. His whole yeah. fist is made yeah. of a callus. Right. Exactly. You know? exactly. His, whole, his whole fist is a callus. Is it, is it, is it, is it, Yo, do we do we do shit like this? Like take fried chicken and turn it over with his fingers? Like yeah, yes, turn yep, this yep, shit yep. <laughs> in, in the green. Got no in the green. In, in the green. green. In the green. No. Yep. You got blinking one bit. Not I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Right, bro. I'm almost there. He'll punch you in the chest. You wind up looking like daggone um, looking like a look like a old boy from a wrestling. What's his name? What's a black dude from a wrestling? Uh, 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 New Day. Uh, what's your boy? New Jack uh, with, the, with the caved in chest. Oh boy, with the caved in uh, chest. Oh, you talking about Kofi Kingston? Yeah, Kofi. Your chest be looking yeah, like Kofi, yeah. like Kofi Kingston. Oh, big <laughs> hole in your chest, bro. Word up. I'll smooth all of this icing over the cake to finish uh-huh. with again. Tell the people that you love that you love them. Remove the people that you don't love from your life. Live your life. That's it. So true. So true. Live your life. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, hey, another great edition of Straight to Tape. Make Mm -hmm. sure that you are following us on our social media platforms. Uh, Like us on Facebook. 
on Instagram and on Twitter, straight to tape. Okay. Uh, follow our, um, our YouTube channel straight to tape on the tube. Uh, also, you know, catch us on our podcasting platforms such as Google play, such as SoundCloud and such as Apple podcasts. You notice I didn't snob this one out. So shut up. Anyway, uh, Yo, Rob. Yo, yeah, man, man. Get, yo, man, get some love to the comment section, all right? Man, listen, man. I just, I just, <laughs> I just gotta get y'all love, man. Um, as usual, man. I, I know I'm gonna miss a few people because so many people checked in, but you know, uh, of course, Candace and Justin came through. Lynn is in the building. Sheba, uh, forget you, Faith. Talking about I'm weird. Fuck out of here, man. You man, are anyway. weird. Huh? No, I'm not. But you be talking um, about my best friend. <laughs> y'all niggas is weird. Y'all are weird. Yeah, yeah. Takes one to know one. Nigga takes one to know one. I hang around. I hang. I hang around y'all because y'all are weird, and I just like look at y'all. Like, no, nah, I'm just playing. I'm weird too. Um, yeah, Capo, what's up, man? Yo, Chris Everidge came through. What's up, homie? Um, shout out to Chris. Listen, man. Yeah, shouts out to Chris, man, and and, and again, our our guest, man. Um. Uh, who else came through? Latricia came through. My man Don Marshall checked in. Yo, you know what I'm Don, saying? what's up? NCCU in the building. You know what I'm saying? My man uh, Jimmy came through. Ethan came through trying to start trouble early. Whatever. That's Ethan. That's Ethan. <laughs> that's, that's Ethan. That anyway, man, um, if I missed y'all, man, you know, forgive me. But um, just, you know, shout out to everybody, of, of course, that uh, continues to support Straight to Take, man. Thanks for coming through and joining us as always. Y'all could have been anywhere, but you chose to hang out with our crazy asses. And for that, we love you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, Bishop Omega. Yes. Yo, man, what do we expect from Intelligently Ratchet this Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? Well, um, shoot, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of, you know what I'm saying, different subjects and everything like that. I don't I don't think we, we, we went through the lineup yet um, of some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Of course, you know what I'm saying, we can talk about Regis Philbin. Um, you know what I mean? He just passed. Also, um, um, the guy... The trainer that plays boxers, Nassim, if y'all know anything about boxing, he passed away also. Um, uh, he was like a big trainer. We're going to talk about the Mike Tyson versus um, Roy Jones fight. Roy you know Jones. what I'm saying? If we if we hear for that and the opening of the NBA and LeBron James being like five years younger than me with the, with, with the, with the, with the gray right here. He's been, he been beijing <laughs> this part right here this whole time. LeBron, you can't lie to us in the COVID. So, wow. you know what I'm saying? We gonna uh, yeah we gonna talk about that man and you know I mean other stuff man you know what I'm saying you know entanglements you know what I'm saying and how to the guide to be a better side piece you know what I'm saying is is, is the documentary we're working on how <laughs> the guide to be a better side piece the whole documentary yeah yeah whole documentary it's a lot of stuff that people don't know about being a side piece you know what I'm saying and that that you have to go into because a lot of the reason why a lot of the world's ills and people and, and everything like that going down is because people get into these side piece contracts and don't know how to be a good side piece. You know what I'm saying? Side piece is not for everybody. Nope. Right. Yeah, it's everybody. not for everybody. Yo, for everybody. Yo, 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 you and Big Just hit me on that um, you know, on that Tyson 
uh, versus uh, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, conversation. I might oh, have morning. some words. Yeah, I might have some words for y'all. And okay. I, you know, I'd be happy to join. You know, happy to join y'all for a couple of minutes. Listen, you will. You will definitely just go ahead. And, uh, yo, just make sure if, we send feed. If it's feed Boost up. Mobile, if it's Boost Mobile's working, yeah, on yes, yeah, it doesn't. It's probably not. But it's okay. We'll make fun of him anyway because you know what I'm saying it's gonna work on our show because not everybody's on online at the same time. So it's like more people hey, are look. actually. Damn it, I'll do, damn it, I'll do it from my phone. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Bishop Omega, definitely check him out Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern yes. Standard Time, Intelligently Ratchet, right here on Facebook Live. So, once again, great show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. And for, and for the comedian, Tigo DeGaio. I just want to say... Thank you all for listening. And uh, um, I had to say goodbye to my um, church choir last Sunday due to the simple fact of organ failure. Um, bye. That That's a nice one. That's a slow one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that was. That was. Organ had failure. About, I had to think about that ah. one for a minute. For the... First lady of S2. It's the aftertaste that gets you. Mom, Keisha, with a Y. Hey, y'all support us and you're here every week, but please like and share the page. Share the lives, share the posts, share the page out to your many, many followers. We need you. We need you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And our social media assassin number one Rob Maximus good you want you muted yourself sir muted yourself yeah I mean nah, you muted yourself, no nigga you oh, mute it oh. says the host has unmuted your mic so you oh damn it. my bad wrong button there you we go get, get bastard yeah, that, I anyway, I so, um, yeah, definitely, uh, like, share, um, you know, all of our, uh, you know, posts and everything, the lives and whatnot, you know, give us, uh, give us that love. Thank you for being here every week, all of you faithful people. So, yeah, definitely, uh, share and, 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 you know, otherwise to, um, the, uh, other ones that are out there that are, uh, constantly, you know, on our jock strap. Uh, yeah, shout out yeah. to you too. Shout out! Yeah. Shout out to your your uh, professional skills at riding dick. Oh, ah! thank you. Bow, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, it's your man C. Perry Lee in a second. As always, as always, let's stay safe. Uh, let's stay true to ourselves. And uh, let's get active. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, Bye. Later. Shut up, Tico. <laughs> <laughs>